Hello and welcome to The Shakedown, an F1 and motorsports learning podcast. My name is Ellie and along with Moni and Hannah, we are learning about F1 and many other motorsports series too. In this episode, we're going to be discussing two huge motorsports events happening this week, the Indy 500 and the Monaco Grand Prix, as well as touching on a topic that combines these two, the triple crown of motorsports. As always, if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at PrettyGirlF1 Club and on Twitter at PGF1C, or you can follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. But for now, enjoy the episode and happy learning! Hey everybody, how's it going? Hello everybody. Hello. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to the, the shakedown. shakedown. It's good Ooh, to see you. I'm in. Ellie. I'm Monica. Or morning. I'm Hannah. And it's good to see you. We've got lots of exciting stuff to discuss today. Um, we are very excited that you're here with us. Um, because this weekend coming up is a big weekend in the motorsports world. Guys, what's yeah. going on? Two legs of the Triple Crown are happening this this time around. Yes. Okay, so... And no, I don't need horses Triple Crown for our American listeners. Yes, it's that time <laughs> of year. Not the Kentucky Derby? The Kentucky Derby? No, not the Preakness, <gasps> not the Belmont. No. This is motorsports. So the motorsports triple crown. Two legs are happening this weekend. And the third one happens the first weekend in June. I'll believe you. Normally it happens the same weekend as Baku, but we moved Baku forward because it is a special race this year. Cool. Ah, So So the triple crown. Moni, what is the triple crown? It is the Indianapolis or the Indy 500, the Monaco Grand Prix, and 24 hours of Le Mans. Cool. So if you win all of those... You get a crown. No, I think it's just no. pride. <laughs> pride and glory. They missed a trick there. Do you know what I mean? They get someone a little crown. True. So question, is the triple crown just different types of, I guess, motorsport racing? So like, I know the Indy is an oval. Monaco's a street course. And there's Le Mans, I'm assuming, endurance racing. So like they're each yes. hit different aspects of racing. There are different aspects of racing. But I think the reason, from my research, the reason it's called the triple crown is because of their history. All of them are over or at 100 years old this year. And they're Ooh. considered some not of quite, the hardest but races. Yes, close enough. Well, so... The one that we were talking about, the third leg that's not happening this weekend is the Le Mans 24 hour. Mm-hmm. It is in its hundredth year. Yeah. That's why everything is moving forward. It's a bit of a baby. Yeah. yeah. Monaco's so, the youngest one. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I was thinking of the older, the the older triple crown because there's two versions of it. So yeah, it's getting close to a hundred years or at a hundred years mm. or over a hundred years. So it's the history behind it that makes it the triple crown is basically just the history of it and its technicality and its difficulty. Yeah, because basically if you win all three of those, they're all like, as Molly said, like individually got a different skill, got a, a different thing that you need to be able to do. And so to win all three of those is like super prestigious. Like you clearly have a very good grasp of motorsports to be able to have all those facets and be able to do all of those. And as I think you said, there is only one driver who has ever done the Triple Crown. Graham Hill uh, won the Indy 500. He won the 24 Hours of Le Mans and he won the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah. So basically the there's two versions, like I mentioned, and it's the Indianapolis 500, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and then you have the Monaco Grand Prix is one version. The second version, would, which is the older version, would be F1 World Championship. So the only one to do that, like Ellie said, is Grumhill. Um, the active drivers that have completed at least two legs are Fernando Alonso, Juan Pablo Montoya, and Jacques Villeneuve has 
technically completed two legs, but not of the modern one. Yeah. He He's completed is, the alternative one, hasn't he? Yeah, the oh. alternative one. Technically speaking, Fernando Alonso has the alternative triple crown. Really? But he hasn't yes. done... He, he hasn't has won done the Indy 500, but he does have the championship, the Monaco Grand Prix wins, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans win. Oh, but I thought the F1 championship oh, yeah. replaced Monaco. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. So he, has, he has three done legs, it. but it's not correct. It's not like... It doesn't so, complete. So, it doesn't no, complete so Jack one or the other. Has, Jack Villeneuve has he has the eighty five hundred win and he has and the, the championship. Yeah. yeah. So Alonso he does has have... Alonso has both Monaco and the F one championship, and he did twenty four of Le Mans twice. twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the only person I think to have completed everything twice. Nice. I think impressive. Yeah, if that's the case. Of the ones he's got, he's got twice. Yeah, he also the one, has yeah. Got the Indy 2018, 2018, 2019, 2006, and 2007, and 2005, and 2006. And so then, and then Juan Pablo Montoya has the Indy 500 win and twice, had twice, and the Monaco win twice. Monaco win once. 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah. He needs Le Mans. He is not no, so he needs Le Mans, and he has not gotten a championship. Yeah. And Jack Villeneuve hasn't got Le Mans either, yeah. or a Monaco Grand Prix win. Monaco. Yes, but if we were doing the alternative, yeah, yeah, I reckon if he won Le Mans, he'd claim it. You know, yeah, <laughs> which would be fair. I would allow. Fair, valid. So, two of these events are taking place this weekend. Le Mans, we've yep. already said, is 100 years this year. That's taking place later on in the year. But both the Indy 500 and the Monaco Grand Prix are taking place this weekend. So we thought we'd do a little bit of a roundup of what you can expect from both of those. Indy 500 is a bit different to a normal race in that it's taking place across like two whole weeks. So we're actually already like 10 days into IndyCar 500 stuff. The month Um, of May. The month of May. But give us a heads up. What is the Indy 500? So the Indy 500 is basically the biggest event of the IndyCar season every year. It, like you said, it takes place over two weeks. So you have qualifying, practice and qualifying week, and you have a couple of days that kind of, they have names. So they kind of mark where you are in the week heading up. And mm-hmm. then you have obviously race day. So mm-hmm. the difference between a normal IndyCar race and the Indy 500 is that you have a week of practice and then Fast Friday, which is the final practice. And then you have two days of qualifying. Now, I am not the aficionado on IndyCar. I have not watched it in person since I was probably in high school. I used to go to Sonoma a lot with my family and we used to do that in NASCAR every summer. But we n- I've never been to the Indy 500. It is a bucket list race for me. So something that, you know, hopefully we'll get there one day. Basically how qualifying works is that each car goes out individually. And the order is decided quite literally by picking names from a hat after mm-hmm. Fast Friday. Okay. Fast Friday, the where they finish in Fast Friday determines like when they pick the right. the number the, from the, the, the hat. Picking right? out a hat, it's not like they're yeah. even determining where they're starting. They're literally yeah, just determining like, where they pick out a hat, and they could pick out like number thirty four or something like that. Yeah, it's right. like you're it's like yeah, if you finish first on first Friday and you pick a hat, your number can be thirty four or like twenty five. It's mad. Right. And so, so this was the Friday just gone. That, that was qualifying. Last, yeah, last qualifying so like was way Qualifying was the weekend where em- was this past weekend. So when Emila was supposed to happen, should have so been. Yeah, yeah. I just got so, to watch a bunch of IndyCar. Yeah, I was working all weekend, unfortunately. But Ooh. anyways, we move on. Um, <laughs> but basically, as it how it works is that 
they pick out of a hat wherever you and whatever number you end up with that's the number you go out and you get four laps okay four laps individually on your own to set a speed not a time a speed average speed isn't it of the four right. average of the four, four laps. laps average of the four laps is your speed and that determines where you qualify where you like end up and then you know knock- they're driving around this like two and a half mile yeah. oval they're driving so around they do 10 a miles quarter- in a run basically yeah and they have to maintain a fast speed for that it's that's wild i think the everyone was going over 233 miles yeah. like th- that was like at one point i think it was fast friday battle went 243 two really yeah I didn't see one of the days fast. yeah it was insane like i was watching it with my dad and my dad's like they're going how fast and it's like yeah, yeah. just ca- casual to and casual 200 something miles Makes me scared. Um, but basically, so they take it in turns to set these times. And I don't know if you saw this, but but the stewards, like the, the people running the race, if they see that the run is going to be slower than either not too fast enough to qualify or it's not too fast and it's getting like later in the day, they'll just wave a yellow flag and they'll be like, yeah, you're done. So even if like you're like th- third lap through before, you don't get to finish sometimes if they determine that you're not fast enough. And I, honestly, can you imagine getting I, I would cry. Being like, Do you know what? <laughs> You may as well stop now because this isn't good enough. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so savage. Um, and I get it because they've got a lot of cars to get through. So I do yeah. understand it because obviously you've only got one car out on track. I mean, in comparison to a normal qualifying where you'd have like a few people setting their laps at the same time. But it is like, that's savage to be like, yes, yeah, could you could you stop now? Would you you done? Thank you. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's a thing. I would cry. Yeah. So, yeah, basically all the drivers get the chance to do their four laps and set their fastest time. They can go back in and out if they want to. In theory, as the track rubbers up later on in the day, you're getting better. Um, But obviously you don't want to leave it too late that you miss it. And then the top 30 drivers have their spots locked in. Mm -hmm. Um, Or not, well, sorry, the drivers 13 to 30 have their their spots locked in. And then the top 12 go through to the Sunday where they have a fast 12 qualifying, which then goes down to six um, and then fast six for the pole position and beyond. Then you've also got for anyone under 31 and lower on Saturday, they lose their time time's gone and there's an additional like hour and a half or so session and they get like one guaranteed lap and if there's extra time they can have another go and basically the three drivers who qualify 31st 32nd and 33rd also get to do the indy 500 anybody 34 and below you're done so there's like a shootout as well on this Saturday. But there's a caveat to it. Mm-hmm. Remember that if you are in the bottom, if you do the if you do the second chance qualifying, you literally just by entering it lose your first spot. So if you are in tenth and you think you can improve it, but you don't, you drop to whatever you right. ended up at. Yeah, because right. there was they were talking about it on qualifying day. It was like the normal like lane where it's like you. Like we, the order you pick from in the priority say, lane. Yeah, yeah, because pants, the Pansky cars like didn't do their mm-hmm. first one, so they had to go to like the fast lane, and that's like mm-hmm. the one where it's like, say I went and I didn't like my time, so I, either I can wait in the line in line with everyone else, or I go to the fast lane. But if I right. do that, the time, so like the time I've had was seventeenth, but I th- and it uh, gets yeah. deleted if I go in the fast lane, and it's like if you don't improve, you don't improve. It's, it's really a gamble. It's a gamble. It really is. Yeah. Do I have a fun fact about the Indy 500? Do you oh, know the team that? Do you know the team that's won the most in the Indy 500? I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'll take a guess. Take a guess. Is it Andretti? 
Penske, actually. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. My gut said Penske, and I and I didn't listen. I need to listen. According (laughs) to my research, they've won eighteen times and eighteen pulls. Wow. I could be wrong about that. Google Live, but like four. There's like four or five drivers who've each won it four times, aren't there? Like, but there's not like one person who's won it or like more than anybody else. Because yeah, there's there's a lot of repeat winners, which I think's wild. But it, I guess it's been going on this year's what 107th, so it's been yep, going on for yep. a long time. So there's plenty of time for people to have had repeat wins. Um, and as we said earlier, it's an oval. It's 2.5 miles round. So they've got to do. <laughs> 200 laps to make it up to your 500 miles 200 laps that's something important to point out is that usually when we're talking about distance in this podcast we'll probably be talking about it in kilometers and when we say 500 we mean it in miles miles. in indycar because indycar is american (laughs) and um yeah i was gonna say we're talking about indycar we're probably talking about miles but yeah i had a fun fact the race surface used to be paved with brick and so Yeah, that's why it's called the Brickyard. And so now it's been resurfaced, obviously, to make it more suitable for driving. But there is one yard of brick that's left at the start and finish line that's exposed brick. Um, So, like, you think about these cars going around this circuit, and then there's just kind of a bit of brick. Surely that's not good for the driving. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know if it disturbs it that much, but it is part of history, which is why I don't think the drivers care. I Mm. mean personally i feel like it would be like a good tactical yeah tactile way to tell where i am on the circuit yes without having to visually process it because you're going so fast well and think about it like you're doing 200 laps four corners because it's an oval you're doing 800 corners yeah after a while you it would get a bit repetitive wouldn't it you'd lose a little bit of track of you know where you are so i think you're right like not that i'm saying they're going to count the times they go over the brick like the brick lane bit but i think it would be a helpful like you say like just oh there's the brick again oh there's the brick again which yeah it's an interesting one what do you think then the capacity the seating capacity of the indianapolis motor speedway well they have wands because that changes it doesn't it yeah so in terms of like the seating capacity oh mm -mm. okay what's a football state i'm trying to picture that because this is billed as the greatest spectacle in motorsport. There's TM. been controversy over that that title. Um, <laughs> TM, uh, that, that is uh, yeah. a car when it comes to F1 using that <laughs> moniker. Precisely. But it's a big event. It's a huge event. So yeah, what do you think the seating capacity of the IMS is? 40,000. That's probably wrong, but 40,000. Mm, I'm going to say it's probably around, I'm trying to think of like the 2.5 mile circuit. That's huge, mm-hmm. yep. right? And like an average, from what I remember, an average like NASCAR oval holds mm-hmm. like a hundred thousand damn i'm whale yeah i was gonna say babe you you like you're you're long whale uh, so i'm gonna i'm gonna be closer it... if you added a zero at the end no way yeah i was gonna Wait. say an even 250 but clearly that's off too no no, no 250 is dead on 250 250 is the exact seating capacity but that's why i'm saying she would have been closer with 400 than forty thousand. but that's a but, lot you of know, humans obviously you've got you've got well but then, like you say, you've got the lawns, you've got the infield patrons. Most regular race day attendance is probably around 300,000. Yeah, but the infield, correct me if I'm wrong, the infield is just paddock. Yeah, so, but you've got probably like 50,000 employees, people, That's staff, true. all of those kind of people. Like you're talking the attendance of the whole thing is probably around 300,000. And that's what's happening this weekend. That's a lot of humans. <laughs> 
Well, if you take a look back in Miami, the final numbers came out. Mm -hmm. That massive circuit only holds 100,000 people. And when you look at a lot of the F1 statistics, they're talking about weekend statistics. So, like, I think the the figures for Silverstone last year were 400,000, but that's across three days. So, you roughly divide that by three, and you're talking maybe like 120, 130,000 per day that are going to be attending. This is huge. This, like, this is huge. That's just one day, not including Saturday Mm -hmm. or Friday or any. anything like that that. one day yeah yeah just to give you a comparison like i had the i had the numbers from miami walking away from it it was 270 it was official numbers and we were basically we thought it was like 290 but i guess Mm -hmm. it was 270 just to give like listeners like an idea that an influencer event that has people being sent to the event was lower for all three days than one day for this event also any 500 significantly cheaper to go to oh 100 yeah tickets are like 40 dollars i think someone's Something like that. It's not, it's not. 45 maybe? Yeah. yeah, it's probably more, it's obviously more expensive for me to fly to Indianapolis than for me to get the ticket. Yeah. So, so yeah. Indy 500, there is one, well, there's a few slightly iconic, unique things about the Indy 500, but there's one in particular, one particular tradition that happens on the podium, about um, the milk. which is a, is a slightly fanciful thing. <laughs> Hannah, it's tell us milk. about the milk. So instead of champagne, because there have been a lot, I don't, I don't know the actual lore behind this, but I'm assuming it's because there are a lot of younger kids on the podium now. That's, that's the reason they keep it. It was like a buttermilk was the thing back in the day. Basically, instead of champagne, they do milk and they'll take preference. So each driver will get whatever preference they want. Could be chocolate milk, could be 2%, could be whole milk, could be buttermilk if you want to go classic, you know, could be. That's disgusting buttermilk wise. It's disgusting. Like drivers have said, it's disgusting. But the reason that some of them pick it is because A, it's tradition and B, it looks better in photos. Alexander Rossi said it recently. Alexander Rossi said that that whole milk looks better than 2% in photos. Mm. Yeah, because it's thicker. So it's not as like watery, uh, translucent. Yeah. Gotta do it for the grandma, man. Gotta do it for the grandma. Yeah. Well, so because originally it stemmed from um, the guy who won in 1933, a guy called Louis Mayer. Um, and he asked for a glass of buttermilk after he won. Then a few years later, he won again, asked for another one, but like instead of got a, 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 its whole bottle and like was swigging it, like hold it up, held up three fingers because it was like, it was his third win or something like that. And what happened was like the local dairy company was like, we're taking this and we are running with it. And so every year they made it their mission to like offer the winner some buttermilk, just, you know, sponk on, it works. And so now it's become a big thing um, at the indie race to the point where drivers who don't do it are like shunned like they get a bit of hate for not having done it because not it's big such a notorious thing now, now here's the interesting one some of the um preferenced milks are a little strange um i think ellie knows which one i'm talking about i do know which one you're talking about yeah yeah yeah. it was meant um, to be the TikTok you sent. Um, do you know this one mom is it the t- is it the tiktok you sent i think so I'm, yeah yeah I, I think so because i did watch it and i was like bro what well to enlighten the people <laughs> Juan Pablo Montoya, was it? Asked yeah, for... I think so. Let's call it the natural alternative to baby formula. <laughs> mm-hmm. The natural alternative to baby formula. That's a, that is a tactical a great way of saying it. Um, that was his request. I don't know if he specified whose it was. I would assume his partner, but I think what happened was someone in the team changed it on his form. Because <laughs> they were like, so yeah, someone we're, we're said not going to say Somebody that. in the team basically went, 
well, that's not happening and changed it to chocolate milk. Yeah. Was that the year he won? Mm, I think that's for this year. If he's oh, not, is he running? Year. Is he running this year? I don't no, think he is. I don't think so. He ran last year. No, he ran last year. I don't think he's running. It happened sometime recently because a pretty. It must have been last year's one then. It must have been last year because the person who is in the video has not been in IndyCar long enough. Sure. Yeah. To know this. So, yeah, there's a lot of controversy around the milk. I don't know what you do if you were vegan. Marcus Armstrong, take one for the team. Yeah, it did, it did. from what he said, it didn't go down all that well. You know, it, but it's it's a traditional part of it. It's it's a very unique part of it. And the first time I watched it, I was like, why are they pouring milk all over themselves? That's terrible for dry cleaning. Turns out it's an age-old tradition since 1933. So there you go. What was the second thing that's special about the race? They The cars line up three cars wide. So there's 33 cars, there's 11 rows, and they line up three wide, whereas typically you get them lining up two wide. Um, now obviously it's a really big oval yeah. so you've got like quite a lot more space um, and then the third tradition I guess is that they sing a very special song I can't sing it for you I don't know it I'm not going to sing it for you but it's called Back Home Again in Indiana which is like a everybody sings yeah. it all together I'm not going to picture that as a fight song anyone that watches <laughs> college football or I guess even football in England probably knows there's probably fight songs there I'm just going to picture it there's as like a college definitely like three free game songs yeah yeah so- Obviously, like Liverpool will sing, you'll never walk alone. The equivalent, I'm trying to think of equivalents in other sports. In hockey, in Philadelphia, so the Flyers, they sing God Bless America and the anthem before every game. Mm -hmm. That's like the biggest equivalent that I could think of. Yeah, I mean, for British football. It would be probably like Liverpool singing You'll Never Walk Alone. And I guess in some ways it is similar to like an anthem before an international game. It's kind of a sense of camaraderie, bringing everyone together. This is a hugely iconic race. Like I'm almost not surprised it kind of has its own anthem, I guess, mm-hmm. um, of like things it, it includes as part of the traditions in it. So yeah, that's yeah. the Indy 500, I think. Anybody got any more questions, any comments, any fun facts and trivia on the Indy 500 before we uh, move on to Monaco? No. Cool. So then- the only thing I know about the Monaco GP Go is on. it yeah, happens in fast. Monaco, not France. Monaco is not France. It not is France. Country. Absolutely. And honestly, I think the thing I've seen the most about Monaco, other than a bunch of like, clips from Michael Michael Schumacher winning it, is Kimmy walking to his yacht after he DNF'd. I think that's like the first thing one I've seen of Kimmy or I guess Danny diving into the pool those three yeah. things are what come to my and mind those incredibly Monaco. those incredibly scarring and horrific photos of Christian diving into the pool as well which oh. we're, not gonna, uh, we're not gonna go there <laughs> so so Monaco is considered one of like the the jewels in the in the f1 crown it's like one of the most iconic races it's one of the oldest races monaco itself is rich and famous it's where rich people live a lot of the drivers live there or have a residence there because it's really good for your tax status monte carlo um is the specific place that it's held in monaco but it's also one of the ones that you really see a lot of celebrities so you know our last race was miami where we saw a lot of celebrities monaco typically because of the glitz and the glam attracts a lot of a similar kind of people and you also have the Cannes film festival happening too so it's just a really yeah, so easy hop from nice monaco is you, your closest airport if you were to try and fly to monaco would be nice um, and then you drive down to monaco from there a quote um, that describes monaco that i've seen on the internet is an exceptional location of glamour and prestige yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of fancy cars in monaco and yet they don't seem to be able to drive them very well um or park or park them very well <laughs> charles i'm looking at you um has but- driven last night from the photos from the football match He's a special little nugget, sometimes literally. He's, he's As one of really our friends good, literally. He's a good I driver, a, isn't he? 
I sent them a, a text and I was like, he's just a special little nugget. And they, they responded by saying, yeah. And in some cases he transforms into a nugget like this photo. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, last night there was a charity football match with some of the current F1 players, uh, some former F1 players and like an all-stars team, which I think was captained by Novak Djokovic, or he was definitely in and around the team. Um, but you had just the likes of Charles, Pierre, Carlos, That they were some of the drivers that were playing on the F1 team who did actually win. I think it was 4-3 in the end. But I think it would be... Uh, consistent shall we say to to agree that charles isn't great at football so there's some fun pictures out there yeah if you want to you want to have a look into it there's some there's some fun stuff out there but he uh he probably should stick to focusing on on driving for now uh anyway charles is from monaco so this race, particularly for him, a lot of pressure, home race. He has never won it um, until last year. He hadn't finished it in a really long time. And I don't think ever. Is... He had never finished it. Wait. Had he not well, even had never finished it. Not even an F2 from what wow, I can tell. Wow, okay. Bless so he's him. been haunted by that. Since yes, the Monaco curse extends Monaco to curse. France as well, like to the French circuits that they've like, there's a radius, but we'll talk about this Sorry. in the, we're not going to get into this one because there's a whole conspiracy no. episode we're planning. There we're is, there's a conspiracy now. episode. We'll, this we'll is part get of the conspiracy. Poor baby Charles. Oh my God, I didn't know that. It is the Monaco yeah. curse. I will literally lay it out for everyone. So in terms of the Monaco track itself, it is one of the tracks that probably most drivers will put up there in their top three of tracks they want to win. It's a particularly challenging track. But not when they want to drive. That's a good distinction. They want to win. But they don't like it. But it's it's hard. It's just hard. Because Monaco is probably the absolute pinnacle of what we would call street tracks. For those of you who don't know, in Formula One, there are two different types of tracks. There are street circuits and road tracks, really. Yeah, street circuits and road tracks. Or road, Um, road course. On the F1 calendar this year, there are 7.5 street circuits. What's the Can point you five? name them all? Monaco, I'll explain the point 0.5. Monaco, Singapore. Vegas. Yes, yes. yes. Vegas. Is that, that one? Okay. Yep. Jetta. Yes. Is that the point 0.5? That's the point 0.5, isn't it? No. No, no that's not the point 0.5? I don't count the point 0.5 as one, but technically, apparently it is. Miami? No, Miami's a street track. So there's one street track that you haven't got. Australia? Correct. Yeah. So Australia is a street track. Theoretically, so is Montreal. Now, it's it's considered more of a hybrid. Yeah, it's considered more of a hybrid, as is sort of the Yas Marina circuit or the Abu Dhabi circuit is also a little bit of a hybrid as far as street tracks go. But in terms of probably your core seven, it would be Monaco, Albert Park, Marina Bay or Singapore, Baku, Jeddah, and then Miami and Vegas. So now of the 23, actually, we're getting 22 races nearly a third now are street circuits as opposed to the more traditional road courses i don't know if i count miami as one just because it's not yes it is a parking lot but it's not on the physical road it's a parking i'm just i'm just going with what i was told yeah i know i know i know you're you're just the messenger but i I don't know if i count it like but i was really surprised when they said it because they said it quite a lot over the miami weekend i know you were working the miami weekend so you didn't necessarily hear the commentary in the same way but they did keep deliberately i think reinforcing that it was a street circuit whereas i was saying it is, go, it's not a permanent circuit i think they're including yeah, non-permanent I think circuits that's what in saying. the category and i didn't even mm. think about jules villeneuve circuit because mm-hmm. i forgot but yeah for those that don't know it used to be a world fair site yeah so and i think that's it so it's not a purpose-built track. roads course but it had is another like specifically purpose. built for racing that's the main difference between these kind of like hybrid ones and then what you'd have like the pure road courses and the more pure street so 
Street circuits, as you said, they run on public roads. They often are transformed into a temporary road track, but they are, for all intents and purposes, they are roads the rest of the time. They will have like double city closures. I can imagine if you're living in these places, it's awfully inconvenient, Um, particularly if you've got to get to a job that is absolutely nothing to do with the racing. Monaco may be less so because it's kind of tiny, but these roads that the street circuits are on, they're designed for normal cars. They're not designed for, like, they're not purpose-built with, like, your runoff areas, with your track sides. Like, what you find in on these street circuits, you. there's a wall or there's a barrier. And so if you make a mistake, you don't have runoff area. You don't have gravel. Sorry, Carlos. You don't have, like, grass or anything like that. Like, you're going into a wall. And obviously that has huge implications because nobody wants to do that. Chances are, at times, that could end your race or your qualifying, never mind the fact that it's going to red flag the session for most of the people. But it can be incredibly unforgiving. And so there's a tendency to go slower, be more cautious. Um, I think we see it, we've seen it a lot in the rookies because of the tracks we've had so far this year, we've had four road tracks of five races. You mean street circuits? Sorry. Yes, I do. I absolutely do. Four street circuits of five races. See, the only right. one that wasn't is, Bar- is Bahrain because Jeddah, Baku, Miami and Albert Park. You're right. Which is Damn. wild and so unfair for the rookies. Like I, I yeah. really so do feel them because, Especially because not have, only like, are they going to be going terrified of doing these things and obviously we saw in Baku Nick DeVries and Logan Sargent both hit the wall which was surprising because both of them have good track records in Baku yeah but F1 cars are different to F2 cars that's true they're bigger but they're bigger also they're going to be going slower they're going to be more cautious because these are harder circuits to drive for a lot of people and so to start our year with like Miami and Albert Park are a bit different because there was a bit more space not all just like yeah. walls and barriers but particularly for some of those others I'm like oh that's a bit so, mean so what's the big difference between a road a road course and like a street circuit other than like one is like a road I can drive on when I go to Vegas and stuff like that. Like so, what's the big differences between them? There's a few that, big differences. That is the biggest difference though. During the off season where it's not a course, you can take your car and drive the exact circuit or almost an exact circuit. You like, can go to Monaco and you can lie in a starting grid box if you want to. I think they leave the starting grid boxes yeah, up they, That's all what year. I'm saying. You, like my friend went last year and they went and stood on the Monaco start line because you can. Like the rest of the year, the rest of the time, can I walk into Silverstone and go stand on the star line no I have to well, pay I mean, for a you tour, could, but you might get arrested <laughs> for trespassing well fair good point good point but silverstone is, a, silverstone is a special is a special kind of circuit because you, they have things going on year round where you actually might yeah. be able to do so like mm-hmm. silverstone like, is maybe a bad example but the point is like these yeah these street circuits like monaco is this week you can go and drive around them you can walk around them you can find those things like whereas it's harder with the road circuits or the road courses to kind of find that in quite the same way i did have a question that i was thinking about earlier i don't know if we touched on black and white flags when we did some of our f101 episodes but a black and white flag is a flag that's shown to a driver if they exceed track limits i.e if all four wheels of the car go beyond the white line on a road course Right. Now I was thinking about this and I was thinking, okay, well, given that a lot of the street circuits are barriers. Line than wall. <laughs> oh no, are wall rather than line. Does that mean you wouldn't see a black and white flag? From what I can tell, a black and white flag, yes, it's mostly used for track limits violations and a warning of hey. This is your last mm-hmm. warning before we actually give you a penalty for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say no, you probably will not see them. 
because there's no or not at least for track limits not at least for track limits but you might see it for a different if you're hitting track limits on a street circuit you're hitting a wall exactly as max learned in jetta um as many of them in 2021 (laughs) as many of them have learned many times but basically and i don't i can't remember in recent memory if it's been used for a different recurring penalty because I don't know how many yeah, recurring penalties there are off the top of my head. But if there's mm. a recurring, um, that's what the black and white flags used for. Right, it's basically penalties. a last warning before you get your five second, ten second penalty, drive through penalty, sure. and then you but will in terms keep of the track limits. It. Bit unlikely that we're going to see that this weekend in Monaco because probably the track limits are the pavements and unless unless you it ha- you have to do it in like a very specific spot because there mm. are runoffs yeah in monaco there are runoffs in baku they're, they're usually mm. around either the last corner or the first corner yeah. um and i guess you've got the apexes and chicanes right. and stuff like that as well so potentially it was just a thought that we'll probably see less well yeah we will see less and um, more crashes but i will say monaco's special in the mm-hmm. same way that is, there aren't really runoffs around apexes no. there's no room the biggest, biggest example is the famous hairpin and Nikki's little accident in the formation lap last year. Oh. Yeah. For, for those people who don't know, because this is something I did have to learn today, what is an apex? Isn't it the, the, the top, the highest point of a turn? That's probably wrong. No, you're you're right. That's, a, the, that, that's pretty spot on as I understand it. Ooh. Yeah. The apex of a turn is the point of a turn where the the angle of the turn is at its most at acute the highest. Point. Oh, okay. I don't know it's if kind of a bit the like right the racing word. line. Maybe, I guess acute is basically the top of the racing line. It's how you're going to get your best exit and your best off the turn, right? So if they okay, say so, if the commentators talk about, oh, and he's really hit the apex, that means they've got a perfect line all the way through that corner. And obviously not doing that tends to have an impact on your time, your speed, yeah. and all of those kind of things. If you're not hitting the apex, it's either a indication of under oversteering and probably an indication that your tires are dying. Yeah. But apexes are super important on street circuits because if you don't hit that apex, you might be going into the wall, depending on how old your tires are or how much grip you have. Especially if it's supposed to rain again this weekend. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the really interesting thing about these street circuits is because obviously they're going round roads that are or places that are usually roads. You've got corners that just aren't designed with an F1 car in mind. Like if you think of some of your road courses, you've got these sweeping corners and these like lovely left-handers and all of this kind of thing. On a street circuit, you can literally have a 90 degree corner. And so then your lines coming out of it, like the challenge is really to like minimize the amount that you hold back, but also stay out of the barriers and maximize your exit out of corner. And that's why you do get some drivers who are considered street track specialists because they're really good at being able to do that braking really late the perfect apex and then hit the throttle straight out of the corner you know if it was me i'm not driving fast around this place like i'm sorry i'm not i might gun it down a straight but like if there's no straight you know you're a bit more focused on just not crashing and so often at these street circuits you see much slower average times than some of the, the like the really fast road courses because they just have to be a bit more cautious and so you've got to really find the balance between not being slow or slowish mm-hmm. um, because their slow is still ridiculous very fast and and sort of being able to sort of maximize the chances that you do have where you're not being quite so cautious so the thing is about this particular race is that monaco is special in many ways not only is it so special. sports history it is special because it is the circuit that owns the slowest corner on the calendar mm-hmm. and the most unique pit lane yeah, explain it's wild isn't it pit lane is wild so i'll start with so the mo the slowest turn 
corner on the calendar is the hairpin, which changes names. I'm going to call it the Fairmont hairpin because that's what it was last year because (laughs) it gets named for the hotel that is on that corner. Right. That's great sponsorship right there. I just call it the hairpin Mm -hmm. because it changes names every so often. Valid. And then the pit lane... What we're used to is having the pit wall next to the literal pit wall. Yep. That doesn't exist in Monaco. Okay. Is so that how Mon- they get the strategy so Monaco. wrong? <laughs> Maybe. Um, is Mon- that a Ferrari? First- yes. This is your first Monaco this year. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is. You're going to notice the pit lanes look a little different. Okay. The garages are tiny because Monaco is tiny. First off, the first thing you're going to notice is they're stacked on top of each other. Garage is the first floor. Pit wall is the second floor. Hospitality is the third floor. Okay. Okay. Pit wall is not facing the track. It's not. Pit wall is facing the opposite direction. So they're facing. So they're facing the track because basically the pit lane in Monaco is an island. It's wild. I'm gonna have pit to lane in Monaco is an at island. 6 a.m. Let's go. The pit lane in Monaco is an island, and what it is is that literally you're gonna notice this, and I noticed this while I was editing a video for this weekend that I hadn't really registered in my head. That literally it looks like a triple fork in the road. It doesn't have its. It's literally just like you could tell that they. It looks like city streets because it does what it is. Mm. So it's literally a triple fork in the uh, triple fork in the road where you have the middle option is your pit lane, and you're supposed to go. The track is the two outside options. Imagine if you got called in last minute and then had to change your plans, and then you got stuck, and then you're in the pit. Imagine. Oh my god, did that happen? Maybe. Go rewatch 2022's race money. Or you could just watch the Maybe don't. It's quite out. traumatic. Don't go watch it. Uh, maybe like try and find like a five minute highlight reel because it's only five minutes of trauma. It's okay. I put out a 20 second video this morning. It was a very that. good video. Send, send me um, that. Send me that. I'll watch it. Okay. What is this chaotic sport? Chaos. I'm just going to tell and, you well, and, when and you also, said Ferrari messed up strategy, that's what you meant. That's what that's what we meant. Like in another level, like another level of, of messed up. Um, and and unfortunately, they seem to schedule because because this weekend happens sort of the same time every year in line with the Indy 500. Unfortunately, it does seem that we do get them the same weather every year so the current forecast for the weekend is rain and last year's race was one of those that they had to start eventually because they they hit that two o'clock mark and then they'd set the timer in motion for how long the race could go on it was one of the races that didn't have the full amount of laps i don't think it ended up finishing no, under a timer like- they did they went over 75 percent, but yeah. like they did not finish the race because the rain like literally all the cars are in the pit lane it's five to two and all of a sudden they're like yeah you're gonna need to all put wet tires on so then all the cars end up putting wet tires on in the pit lane no, in sorry and on the starting grid you've got mechanics rushing and because it's tiny it's impossible to get to and then the whole race ends up getting it was a rolling start it was a rolling it was a rolling start one of the few where we've not had like the the full start and then there was all sorts of shenanigans with tire strategy of moving to the slicks and and all of those kind of things but because the the rain is always a factor we've talked about races like spa 2021 like rain stops play sometimes but the interesting thing about rain on a street circuit is you've got all the normal road markings you've got a track that's being used by road cars every other week of the year than this one where the the grand prix but things like road markings on a track so like you know like the white lines and things like that they get really slippery when they're wet now aside from like your starting grid you don't really have that so much on a on a road course like obviously there's still it's still wet you can get your aquaplaning and all those kind of things but there's a nuance to it in a street circuit which really comes into play with the weather so whilst it may be a 6am start I doubt it will be an 8am finish I I doubt the race will only be two hours and not get red flagged partly because of the weather and partly because 
wait for this. Yeah, I take snacks. But, you know, you asked earlier about the different characteristics of a street race. So you've got things like grip. Grip is harder on a street circuit. Uh, but one of the other really interesting things, and you really see this in Monaco, that's a, a classic characteristic of a street circuit is overtaking or lack of overtaking. Typically, there's a lot of straights because aside from Baku, where you've got this like these long roads and stuff, places particularly like Monaco, you don't have so many straights. So it does make overtaking in Monaco particularly difficult. That's why qualifying matters so much on a track like this because a lot of the time you get DRS trains where just no one can Which is why a lot of drivers do not like this circuit. Because it doesn't make sometimes for competitive racing. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the meme floating around about if you ever feel useless in life just remember that you're not the drs straight at monaco it's that kind of level where great we've got a drs zone for overtaking that's going to be real useful everyone I that think. being said pierre did do a lot of he he ended up pulling a lot of good overtakes last year mm-hmm. i think the rain it's not and impossible it's, it's not just impossible typical now. that there are less it's overtakes. not likely yeah there's less overtakes typically on a street circuit than there are on, on a road course which is one of the sort of really big characteristics of it the other one is rhythm so because you've got these corners that are so much tighter, you've got these right angle things and all of that kind of stuff, it can be a bit more stop starty. So you've got to really slow down and you've got to go again. And so a lot of the drivers struggle with these, particularly some of the, the newer ones, because it's really hard to just get into a rhythm. Whereas there's other tracks where like, if you think about the difference between that and what we were talking about earlier, of like the Indy 500, I'd imagine the Indy 500, you, you look into a rhythm. Like, you know how it works. You know what it looks like. There's less stop-starty nature in, in the way that you maybe even see on a road course. But particularly on a street circuit, it can, the drivers have said consistently it's really hard to find a rhythm in their driving because it's so unique and they all look so different and the concentration level that you need to be able to navigate these kind of things the other one the other big thing on street circuits is visibility in that you don't have as much visibility like if you the got, walls like, are right there course. but yeah you've got road like walls and stuff like that so again looking back to last year's qualifying on one of oh, the boy. last laps of, of qualifying Sergio Perez crashed into a wall shortly afterwards Carlos signs crashed into Sergio Perez because you can't see in quite the same way that someone's coming and so you're much more reliant on like marshals to tell you seeing flags all of those kind of things max is very lucky he got so lucky he got yeah. so lucky. He was coming around the corner and I guess yeah. they popped we could have had three right in time because the reason that Carlos ended up in yeah. Sergio's front wing is because they didn't yeah. get the flags out fast enough. Exactly. And so you often at street circuits will see pileups for that reason because it's like if you go around a corner and there's someone there and you don't know they're there, if you're particularly the cars are following quite closely, which often they are because they can't overtake. So they're in the DRS trains, which means they're within one second of each other. It can go pew, 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 and they're all into each other. So you do often see quite a lot more red flags, quite a lot more retirements, a bit more contact. I mean, Australia obviously was famous for having three red flags and that's not even considered one of the more acute street circuits. So, yeah. Damn. Mm. So, like, basically, Monaco is a good way to learn, I guess, what's the next race after Monaco? Catalonia. So So Barcelona. Yeah. Okay. So like comparatively, it's like if you are learning, it's like a good way to see like the differences between races in terms of like that. Right. When it comes to like. So so Catalonia, just kind of to give like a preview, that's the track where they test everything. That's the Mm -hmm. track that has the most data. So it's kind of the two polar opposites. Yes, there's a lot of data about Monaco, 
but mm-hmm. it's still a hard circuit, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously we so, were supposed to have Imola last weekend. Right. Didn't. There were a lot of teams who were bringing upgrades to Imola, which obviously we didn't then get to see. They've had an extra week to maybe continue to bring upgrades. But most people are aware that this weekend you probably won't see how good the upgrades are because Monaco is such a unique and such a different circuit that it's probably going to be next week in Spain where we're going to be more likely to see the the evidence and the effect really of some of the upgrades but you know there are cars Mercedes definitely bringing upgrades I think McLaren and bringing Aston a full Martin side also yeah I mean Mercedes pod? upgrade looks yeah, huge I know, like, right? it, looks, it looks big <laughs> Mercedes haven't always gone that well in Monaco doesn't seem to have been a track that's massively suited them as much but we'll see it, but I think it will be interesting to see what we'll see in terms of the upgrades in the next few weeks rather than just this weekend but yeah it's it looks like it's going to be an exciting weekend like i said rain is definitely around it could be a wet quality i think which always makes it interesting you look at like wet quality was our last wet quality was brazil at the end of last year and that yeah. got a k-mag pole so you know it could brazil be a spicy last year is probably one of my favorite races of all time weekends Same. of all time excuse me Same. weekends of all time because yeah. it was just absolute chaos and we got some pretty good memes out of it including George the Wilderness Explorer from (laughs) I think Brazil often delivers Brazil is it's a great track and it often really does deliver but yeah any final questions on the Triple Crown the Indy 500 the Monaco Grand Prix any street circuit questions I don't have any but I do have a final question that we can answer to wrap out the episode if you'd like I love that before we do Moni any questions no I think I'll have probably more after the race weekend love that which we'll we'll round it all up next week go on then Hannah hit us with your question so to finish out the episode there's a lot of history around Monaco and a lot of history around the weekend in general I want to ask you guys because I have one what's your favorite Monaco news headline that came out of a weekend a race weekend if you have one I don't have one let's see if anything this weekend gives me one but I do not have an answer give me yours just so I know what sort of thing you're talking about okay so in 2005 I believe Ferrari lost a massive diamond <gasps> off yes. the front of their car. Yes, the diamond heist. The diamond heist. And nobody oh, knows no. where it is to this day. Nice. It was for, I don't remember, it was for a James Bond film. Yeah. I think. They were promoting a James Bond film, so they put a massive, like, quarter of a million dollar diamond on the front of the nose of the car. And it by the end of the race... It was a car at the end, uh, that year, I think. That's, that was the team that was racing, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And at the end of the race, it was gone. There's not one crashed. It, there was a crash. The car crashed. Crash, the front and of it was the gone. car crashed. And somewhere in the crash, they tried to take, like, the... Um, the nose piece and the, like the front wing where the, the diamond was and when they got it back diamond was gone and they have no idea where it could have possibly gone they they didn't the witness, witnesses say nobody took it like it just disappeared mm-hmm. bye bye like in the debris who knew Damn. so yeah cheeky Monaco wow. I think that's part of why it's so esteemed mm-hmm. like the glitz and the glam is because we lost an actual diamond I think it was maybe one of the Oceans films you know was it Oceans? I thought it was James Bond no because 2005 wouldn't make sense for that I don't remember I remember reading about it but no, I don't think I have a favourite headline that's come out. I think Monaco is well known for being a good after party, uh, particularly the Red Bull Energy, the energy Station. Yep, Energy, energy station. station is a huge They've thing. They've got that's the, where the pool. pool is. Yeah, that's where the pool is. You may have seen some photos of Daniel Swan diving into it. Checo, I think, flipped into it last he time. That you know, it's known to be a good place uh, that they celebrate afterwards. And even though they go to Spain a mere week later, it's a good fun place, and it it does. You know, it's going to be an entertaining weekend, regardless okay. of what that entertainment looks like, weather dependent. I think it's going to be a really good one. And then, so if we're talking, well, let's each do our time. 
time zone of what time the races are on. So if we just do Sunday, Sunday UK time, the Monaco Grand Prix is at 2 p.m. and the Indy 500 is at 5 p.m. I think. 4 p.m. for you. That soon. Wow. Okay, yeah, 2 p.m. or 4 p.m. Together. So if you want to watch either of those two races, um, they will be on Sky Sports F1. Um, or if you have F1 TV, I'm sure they'll be on there too. Because the Indy 500 for me is at 11 and the the Monaco Grand Prix is at 9. Right. Monaco's 6 a.m. Indy's at 9 a.m. And then if you are an Ascar fan, the Coca-Cola 600 is also like later in the day. So it's like all So basically, early. get some snacks in. Basically. Get some drinks, whack on the barbecue if you want. And uh, get ready for a weekend of motorsports. Ooh, I have a question to end it off on. If you had to win um, a race of the Triple Crown, like a leg of it, which one would you go with? Monaco. Monaco. Okay, mine was also mine was also Monaco, but or the it Indy is, 500. It's just so fun. I mean, the reasons are I don't want to drive LBK all the whole time because it just sounds long and tiring. Like at least Monaco would be interesting, and I don't want to stay awake for twenty four hours. Like I'm sorry, I really like my bed. Hannah, what's your reasoning? Well, okay, I like Monaco just because it's the. I don't know if I have like a real reason aside from the fact that I want to see the 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 Louis Vuitton case up close. <laughs> just see if there's anything different about it because i feel there is stuff that's different about it but like why would Mm. and also is it just one case or do you does does each trophy come with a case interesting because i don't think what about you what's your reason my i'm like 50 50 between the indy 500 and monaco mainly because like has not like growing up those two races i somehow knew about maybe because like when they did happen espn will always show like the milk things like i always seen like that mm-hmm. and then probably when growing up when michael schumacher was like winning and stuff that probably was a highlight that like stuck in my mind so it's between those two but i don't know probably monaco just because it looks it's pretty monaco, and it's chaotic from what mm-hmm. I've come to understand of it. And I don't know, it's like, I feel like that's a race that even if you don't know motorsport or F1, you know the Monaco GP yeah. in some way, shape or form. It's so in like, so many movies and stuff like yeah. that, isn't it? I mean, Indy's also in quite a few movies, but yeah. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you end up watching any of the spectacles this weekend, please do let us know. Please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear what you think of them. Um, we'd love to hear if you've got any questions. So yeah, that's all for us for today. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any questions on anything we discussed today, or there are topics you'd love to learn about with us in the future, then we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch on Instagram at PrettyGirlF1Club and on Twitter at PGF1C or follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. See you soon. <laughs>